We have to go back! Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. I'm Ricky. I'm Grayson. And uh, why aren't you wearing your 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 coat in this weather? Oh. You should you should put you know here. We got you a coat. Put it on. It's a little big. It, it's it's a it's a bit it's a bit big. But welcome home for the holidays. Uh, because it is uh, the end of November, Thanksgiving weekend. We decided to review. A movie that I'm very thankful for, the 1995 American family comedy drama directed by Jodie Foster, Home for the Holidays. Yeah, we did it. We found another Thanksgiving movie. We thought, uh, no, that's all of them. Yeah. Uh, we did it, but no, there's always, there's always another. When we were researching for this movie, uh, and you know how Google has the autofill questions like, at the top? Mm. One of the questions were, what are the five Thanksgiving movies? <laughs> There's five of them. What are they? I was like, oh, and this movie was on that list. Well, you got to think it's a big gamble to make a Thanksgiving movie because it's really not going to play internationally. No. You know, that's only domestic right. uh, sales, yeah. really. E yeah. Even Canada has their own Thanksgiving that's a completely different month than November. But, so Yeah, you got a counter-program to yeah. Halloween and all that stuff. So, I yeah. It's tricky. It's tricky. It takes a pretty special 1995 <laughs> mentality. It does. To put this out. The same mentality that made Space Jam to really just say, we're, we're doing it. We're doing it. Uh, so, if you aren't unfamiliar with this movie, the narrative follows Claudia Larson, a young woman who, after losing her job, kissing her ex-boss, and finding out that her daughter has plans for her own for the holidays, uh, departs Chicago to spend her Thanksgiving with her dysfunctional family. So, they, they basically, if, if you will, you're watching planes, trains, and automobile. You're in Chicago for Thanksgiving, right? And then mm. you watch this movie and you take off. Ah. Uh. Well, they have all the sub chapters, and the first one was flying. Yeah, and I was like, "Are they just gonna? <laughs> is it gonna be like flying, railroading, <laughs> driving?" We're like, oh, okay, you just added gerunds to planes, <laughs> trains, and automobiles. And so the movie uh, was written uh, by screenwriter W. D. Richer and adapted by a short story by Chris Radent. Um, originally, this short story appeared in the Boston Phoenix magazine. Uh, and executive producer Stuart Kleinman sent Jodie Foster the screenplay with a note that said, it's a complete mess and I love it. And so, <laughs> and Foster agreed that this would be her second directorial effort, the first one being Little Man Tate. And so then she gave the script over to Holly Hunter. And upon reading the script, she said, I'll do it. And Jodie Foster, in regards to what the script is, she said, the great challenge was to find a beautiful idea to pull through it, a narrative line that would make the story work. Her and Richard had brainstormed together and had great fun thinking up of new ideas and lives and clearing up relationships that could help make the movie work. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. Uh, was allowed to improvise a great lot, which gave which got him really excited about making films again after a period of time where he had become disillusioned for acting. So, you know, I mean, I know it's not on Disney plus, but we have, we have this movie to thank for having the road mm, back that, in that. 
Burger King story that keeps going around. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah, no, it it was a mess, and I don't know how much they uh, you know, redid it, but I watched it with my wife, and she was like, this is I, – I have no idea what's going on. It's so chaotic. Yep. And I said, exactly. Uh-huh. I think that's by design. Yes. Oh, yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll talk about the review of this a little bit later, but this movie – I, there were several times in the movie where I'm like, why do I feel like I'm at this awkward family dinner table? Like, why do I feel like I'm, like, right here? Like, why do I feel like we're doing dinner with Andre? Like, and I, I should go. <laughs> I should. I, this seems like family business. Yeah, I, I feel like leave. I shouldn't be. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, the movie, uh, they spent a lot of time on this production. Uh, so they spent 10 weeks filming in Baltimore with two-week rehearsal period. And she also got a lot of feedback from the actors about the dialogue. Any scene uh, that didn't ring true, she wanted their feedback. They spent a surprising amount of money on the food, like any Thanksgiving dinner. I think they went with a method approach. The Thanksgiving dinner took more than 10 days using 64 turkeys, 20 pounds of mashed potatoes, 35 pounds of stuffing, 44 pies, 30 pounds of sweet potatoes, 18 bags of mini marshmallows, and 50 gallons of juice that stood in for wine. Wow. Imagine if they had just donated all of that. You know what? That's not what this is about. That's not what this is about. But that's a lot of prop food. That is. It is quite a bit. Uh, I'm not developing a cause here, but that's a lot of prop food. That's a lot. But I have to assume that the mashed potatoes were later used as, like, the prop snow. Um, that that <laughs> in the sun. That's why it's called baked Alaska. Oh, okay, okay. That barely made sense. <laughs> so, with a budget of about twenty million dollars, it went on to make twenty-two point one million dollars in the box office. Not so shabby, uh, but it also kind of had an indie film feel to it and just like i think a, a real thanksgiving uh gathering it was just enough uh ju- just enough to to make it to the next movie a fun little uh, easter egg uh, robbie downey jr who played charles chaplin in chaplin plays alongside the daughter of chaplin geraldine chaplin she's yeah. aunt gladdy yeah my and- favorite character by the way oh is geraldine chaplin's character man uh yeah <laughs> Yes, 100%. Yes. Yeah, without getting too deep into just review, I th- I think her uh I mean her story is it's a, well it's a deeply sad movie throughout the whole thing. Yeah. But uh she I think as a character embodies the tone of the entire movie, which is it's very sad but also very quirky and funny and surprisingly poignant. And so I just I, I wanted more of her character. Honestly, I wanted the movie to be about her. And I kind of feel like, you know, left unchecked, you're seeing what Claudia might become. She might be more like her aunt ah. in the future than she ever would be like her mom. Interesting. Um, so, yeah. Anyway, the family dynamics, I think they, they really got right. Oh, yeah. They really did. And so much of it is sold with the cast. We have Holly Hunter uh Anne Bancroft, Robert Downey Jr., Charles Durning, Dylan McDermott, Geraldine Chaplin, Steve Gutenberg, Cynthia Stevenson, and Claire Danes as like the primary cast. Uh, we also have uh, Amy Yazbeck and Austin Pendleton, uh, Zach Duhame. Just- uh, 
I'll say this for you. I do. Lo- I've noticed a pattern with how we name the cast. Mm-hmm. And yes, it's the order on IMDb, but we consider primary cast until you get to a profile that doesn't have a picture. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's like, yeah. that's the cutoff. If you hit someone that didn't bother to upload a headshot that's to IMDb, right. that's kind of the, that's below the line. That's the yeah. firm stop right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and, and everyone who was in this movie a- acting as family members, I'm telling you, I believed that they were family. Uh, the the whole movie, if you've never seen the movie and you need some convincing, I will say this. And this is, I mean, this is kind of like my, my reasons to recommend up front. But if you decide that you are not going to gather with your family, but you really want to feel the real life tension and humor and just overall uncomfortability of being at home with your family watch this movie instead it is a near perfect substitute you can barely taste the difference uh because (laughs) there are several times when i'm watching this movie i'm like i am so uncomfortable and also i'm like oh yeah like that is 100 how my family operates or how it's like being at a family's uh thanksgiving dinner and it was just so good like they they captured that uncomfortability very well it's a lot like family that's true yeah that's true yeah uh but this was my first time watching this movie and i had seen it every almost every year whenever as long as we've done this podcast and we're looking for a thanksgiving movie this movie pops up uh and I had never seen it until finally this year. And I was pleasantly surprised. Like Grayson mentioned, very confusing. It's not your typical uh, movie structure. It almost has uh, one of those slice of life movie, almost documentary kind of feels. It kind of feels yeah. like structured a little bit like uh, when Harry met Sally, where you, you're just watching the chronicle of events versus watching a, a particular journey, I guess. It's just you wouldn't like, expect so many name actors, and especially a, a director that you recognize at the helm of of a movie like this, uh, uh, let alone a $20 million movie. So, uh, yeah, I, I wrote that it it felt almost like a play, like an experimental yes. play on film. Yes. Uh, like one of the films where when they were first starting out in cinema – they hadn't really worked out the adaptation and they were like, let's just show it all. Yeah. Let's just experience it. <laughs> yeah. Which in a weird way was very refreshing to see even you know, 20 plus years after this movie was made. Yeah. Um, yeah. Very different rhythm. Yeah. And it also did a really good job of leaving out information, but also giving you information only when you needed it because I felt as confused <laughs> as holly hunter's character was whenever she went back home because whenever you do go back home from my experience at least when you go back to your hometown after not being there for a while at least a year everyone's life doesn't stop just because you left so you come back in you're like hey what's happening like what's this thing and they're like oh yeah we'll talk like everyone knows about that and so you just try try to figure out what is happening uh and so i also appreciated that little element but also just (laughs) going to your childhood bedroom and seeing all the things that have not changed, but then also what has changed, whose, whose siblings room has now been turned into a workout room. 
Yeah, it's it's weird, right? You go back home and and your room becomes this museum of the person you used to be. Oh, and yeah. at the same time, like that has frozen in place, but everyone else's lives have gone on. And it's like you're dropping into uh, a series that everyone else is binging and you've never seen before. Yes. And you're like, so who are these people? What are you doing? I thought they were doing this. And you get the same kind of feel from this movie. You learn a little bit about these characters because when you catch up with people, you don't get from A to B to C in order, right? You hear about right. their promotion here or they broke up with this person and it's all out of order. And that's what this feels like conversationally without having to show it out of order, yeah. which is really just well done on their part. They very well could have mementoed this uh, and it would have honestly made it feel a little more cohesive, surprisingly. <laughs> it was it was a journey. Like I said, like it felt... It felt as close to as a, an uncomfortable Thanksgiving gathering as the real thing. Uh, and I, I really enjoyed that. Cynthia Stevenson, who I feel like has been in almost everything. I'm surprised I haven't done like a no small parts uh, for her. I know her most from her role as Joy Lass in Dead Like Me. Mm, mm, but she, yeah, she's been in every movie we reviewed on the podcast. Yes, can you imagine if that was true? That, that it was feels one like person. It. <laughs> so I mean, Joe Pantoliano felt like that for a while. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. No, she's she's got a ton of credits, um, but a very sad character arc. Very sad character arc. But I feel like her relationship with Holly Hunter's character was so good. Uh, like all the siblings felt like I'm like, yeah, no, they're related. Robbie Downey Jr. as Tommy was just, oh, I and also he, here's here's something else I really appreciate. Like every character had like their uh, or every family member had like their quirk. Uh, and I my favorite quirk was for uh, Charles Durning's uh, the father's quirk of like washing everyone's car. Um, <laughs> that was one of my favorite quirks because I I know that like because there's this thing that my family does like especially growing up anytime I came home one of my big responsibilities was just like washing everyone's car <laughs> like that mm. was somehow that just became my responsibility and so just seeing that happening like before everyone leaves let me just go ahead and wash your car and he never even it just became a thing that he was just doing I was like yes absolutely yeah. yes I mean, that's my dad. That's what he, he washes your car. He'd be like, hey, I haven't seen dad in like 20 minutes. Where he's like, he's washing everyone's car outside. I'm like, yep. what? So <laughs> pulling pulling those things, I mean, they're not even comedically emphasized, like exaggerated no. or no. anything like that. That's just real. That's just how they are. Yeah. What would any Thanksgiving gathering be, Grayson, mm. without a lot of people bickering and arguing with the things that are on their mind? Oh, just let it out. Almost yeah. like launching a big old head cannon. Head cannon. Please pass the cranberries. Head cannons are part of the show where we share with you unique ideas about the movie and untold stories based on evidence provided by the film. I mean, I know I made the planes, trains, and automobile connection at the very mm. beginning, which left me very little time to figure out what else I was going to Let's see. What else we got? What else we got? Thanksgiving. Uh, but, but uh, yeah, uh, so my headcanon, my, my biggest piece of headcanon uh, is just that this is the, 
the simple granted i haven't seen the show so you know okay uh but this is the claire danes universe uh linchpin before she goes off to become homeland oh that, that's her homeland. code name in homeland mm. right home homeland yeah home yeah as she's the titular character of homeland right because you you start with home for the holidays and then you get the homeland uh homeland for mm-hmm. the holidays mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> well that's my head can uh... <laughs> yeah it really it really started with her making questionable decisions as a teenager but then she does the right thing i guess whatever <laughs> and then she Tries to defend America. Yeah, I see that. <laughs> <laughs> I see that jump. Yep. Yep. Um, I do. You know what I do really appreciate about her character is how direct her character is in the like five minutes that she's in the movie. Yeah. Um, which she got like a, a nomination for a, a, a young people's award. Oh. I don't remember. Young artists award. That's what it was. Uh, she got nominated for uh, best young leading actress in a feature film, uh, nice. just because Claire Danes has always been great, and uh, she's she's not in a lot of it. But I really liked her character because I think it'd be really easy to play the like sneaking around teenager. Yeah, and instead she's like very direct. Gonna tell her mom what her mom needs to do. She's gonna tell her what's up with. She and her boyfriend and just being like, no, he's annoying. He's acting super weird. So I, yeah. I just really liked that character. I would have liked to have known that character longer. Yes, absolutely. Because you you also see through uh, Holly Hunter's uh, or as Claudia's eyes of just like, hey, <laughs> love that exchange between her and her her mom, Adele. Like, wait, you, you haven't called your daughter? She's like. Hey, I trust her. She's, I promised her I wouldn't call a lot. She's like, well, I know I couldn't sleep at night unless I called my daughter. I'm just like, oh my gosh, this whole dynamic, this is this is real. We are like this movie blends the line between just being fiction and a documentary, and I just like that that exchange is based on a reality. Well, and I have a theory because my wife was like, why wouldn't the daughter go with her? Why wouldn't they like just make her go for Thanksgiving? I have a theory on that, and my headcanon is that all of this is happening, all the Thanksgiving parts are happening uh, in purgatory. This, They are dead. They are in a purgatory now, holding. Now, Grayson, mm-hmm. I want to hear everything you said. Yeah. There's a moment in like the third act where it flashes to white, and I said, I know exactly yep. what Grayson's going to say. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because I know. We've seen this. <laughs> before circle gets Um, square but but yes please continue yeah this is i mean that's a big part of it too i definitely wrote it when that happened (laughs) um but it's why consistently characters cannot be with their loved ones they're separated they're able to communicate via phone a couple of times um kind of like breaking through that that barrier but uh you know holly hunter can't be with claire danes robert downey jr can't be with his husband all that kind of stuff where you have this sense of separation from the life they would have chosen, but for one reason or another, they're pulled to this spot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think there are references to that feel like almost inconsistencies at time. But when you look at it, like the dad, 
Yeah. So the dad, they talk about how he's he's getting older, his wrist is going, he, he doesn't have like the energy he used to, but he behaves like a teenager, mm. right? He sneaks down, he's eating whatever he wants. They say his wrist is bad, but he plays the organ beautifully. Uh, he's out there while they're playing football, washing cars and stuff. And even just the way he interacts with Anne Bancroft's character, like Charles Durning is dancing and, and having a lot of fun and like sneaking up on her. So there's almost like this age regression that's happening ah, and i think it's because yeah he's been in the afterlife longer than the others and he's starting to you know understand that he's not limited by the physical space around them this is a more spiritual place to where you can be the best version of yourself um a lot of it is uh based on that flash of white at the end because you know, spoiler alert, I won't go into specifics, but basically, you know, they make references throughout the movie to very key events that you never see. And the the father, when he's watching, you know, Charles Durning's watching this uh, film strip back of home movies and things like that, and he he mentions uh, an event that he's like, I wish I had that moment on film yeah, and yeah. It's, it's like the most emotional part for me other than aunt gladys uh uh speech but the very very end of the movie is film strip footage of all the best moments of their lives that were never preserved mm. and it's i mean they specifically mentioned we didn't have a photographer at this wedding we didn't like xyz you see all of those then so you know that these are the moments that they would hold on to forever uh, and it fills in the gaps. And so I think that is the the cathartic letting go when you see that flash of white and they move on. Um, but all of these people have known each other in some way in the past. And even Fish, who was kind of brought into this, I think it's more of that I, I get the sense that they knew each other in life and then they're re-meeting each other as they've arrived into this purgatory state. Yeah. Um, and it kind of bookends from plane to plane, right? When she's sitting next to the woman eating chicken, <laughs> uh, it's like, it's kind of miserable. So story would be plane goes down, she moves into purgatory and is kind of the final family member to rejoin this nucleus. Mm. Uh, and it's not until she's able to reconnect and rediscover these relationships in the afterlife that she's able to move forward um but that kind of reframed all of it for me and took a lot of the chaos out of it to be honest because time seems to move kind of weirdly in this space anyway and and relationships seem to regress and then fast forward and you get a sense that some people are trapped like cynthia stevenson's character where she's like this is the one thing that i hold on to like that the working out routine is yep. the only happy part of her day so I, I think that that sense of sadness and loss and longing, all of that is bundled up in this you know, snow globe of existence mm -hmm. that they're trapped in until they decide, I'm going to break out. I'm going to fly away. I'm going to reconnect with you know, the people that are most important in my lives. And then it unlocks all those positive memories that they thought were once lost. Right. And. Every time a cast of characters go to Purgatory, Grayson, <laughs> I, I can't refute it because of how 
well connected your through lines are that's that's great thank you i one of the notes i wrote for that was echoes with chicken lady (laughs) thank goodness i remember what that meant you know fish chicken they're opposites chicken of the sea plane went down in the ocean you know that ocean between chicago <laughs> and wherever the heck this was ohio i don't ah <laughs> uh, yes i love it i love it now we're going to go to the part of the show where we like to talk to you about recasts and remakes Recast. Remake. If this movie were to be made today, who would you cast? What would the storyline be? I would love for them to do this with the same cast. 100%. I would love to see uh, Home Again for the holidays with as many of the original cast members uh, that you can. Uh, Second helping. Second helping. Oh, where you get, uh, I want Jodie Foster to direct again. Uh, And it would be really interesting to see basically either uh joanne played by cynthia stevenson to uh take over the tradition um and just basically have everyone over at her house and she's trying to like just do whatever she can since the passing of her family and since the um the patriarch and matriarch of the family actor wise have since passed it would be interesting to bring all those characters back and with robert downey jr and everyone else uh still being a part of the story i think that'd be really interesting uh we can even see like what the dynamic is between uh claire danes and honey hunter's character because i believe uh claire danes would be around if not uh, a bit younger than where her mom would be uh during that so or maybe it could even be that like maybe they might be estranged and she's actually going back home and the sister's coming up and who knows Mm, Uh, i think that that could be Really, really cool. But if it, you know, someone's just like, hey, Hollywood, or at this point in time, hey, streaming services, do I have a movie for you? Uh, I think that this would be a really uh, great vehicle for, uh, I think, since a couple of shows have ended recently. So I'm just going to bring all of these uh, casts together. Uh, I think the Brooklyn Nine-Nine cast would be amazing. Uh as like i know they've already made this movie but like more of like a friendsgiving type setup but except it's uh it's a combination of friendsgiving and also uh i think is is it five christmases or four four, four christmases five was a sequel <laughs> <laughs> so I, a combination of four christmases and friendsgiving where basically no one really wants to go to their own family's thanksgiving dinner and so everyone kind of pairs up like hey i'll go with you so it's not so terrible and so then you get to see all these different family dynamics i think that would be so much fun um i also would love to see the cast of blackish um kind of take this uh take the johnson family but almost from not necessarily as straightforward or a straight comedy but also kind of hit some of the drama of it i think that that would be really fun and really good you know show all of these actors uh depth of range which i know they all have and also i would love to see a stage play version of this specifically with the scrubs cast that's oh that's, oh that's great that's yeah. that's what i i want to see the stage version with the cast of scrubs and uh i think uh i think that'll do it yeah that's great. If we were to take this 
same screenplay and just remake it yeah. with other people. I, I did the main three. Okay. Um, so Claudia, Tommy, and Leo I had as Zoe de Chanel. Yes. Uh, I think some of that energy, especially when she's being like fired at the beginning. Yes. I, like I think that would align pretty well. And then for Robert Downey Jr., because I just recently uh, got around to seeing Good Time, Robert Pattinson. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, man, he just keeps getting better and better. And then for Leo Fish, the Dylan McDermott, not Dermot Mulroney, like I thought. Uh, Dermot Mulroney, that's who you... That's who you <laughs> yeah, Dermot Mulroney. Yeah, we'll recast with everyone in the original <laughs> cast, but replace Dylan McDermott with Dermot Mulroney. No, Chris Evans I had for Leo Fish. Yes. Oh, that'd yeah. be great. That'd be really yeah, yeah. great. And then uh, you mentioned this is as... Close to an actual family gathering, as you can really get on screen. I think you just you port this whole thing over to VR. Uh, <laughs> you know, yeah. if you're lonely for Thanksgiving, yeah, pop on home for the holidays, the VR game. Yep, and uh, get some get some turkey on your clothes. Absolutely. You know what else would be really interesting? Uh, and I don't know why VR made me think of this, but I think they should do this whole movie as a oneer. Um, just like as soon as she like from when she takes off to where she lands, like just uh, the whole experience is just one continuous take. What? Yeah, Birdman, the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. I I would I would be, I think that that would really do something different. And also that, that'd be a good gimmick. Well, to to set the timer for one of the like the turkey. Yeah, and then it's like an hour and a half or whatever. Yeah. You know. Clearly, they have defrosted it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that turkey's thawed. But the final thing is the ding at the end. Yeah. Yep. I think that would be really, really fun. But yeah, this movie has just so so much heart and charm to it. Like, I kind like it's, I think it's one of those movies that has such an interesting story to tell that it would be fun to see what different actors would take to it. But I mean, I honestly wouldn't change too much of it other than let's see different holidays i want to see home for the holidays uh for you know i all i travel home for the holidays for all major holidays including new year's uh Mm. valentine's day uh arbor day Mm. uh um, the purge (laughs) now that movie i want to see i want to see Home for all of the holidays, the purge, or the purge colon home for the holidays. Yeah, yeah, that would be uh, that would be the one. All right, now we're going to go to our final segment where we like to give you reasons to recommend. So, Grayson, why would you recommend Home for the Holidays? You know, this movie feels like a movie more people should have already seen by now. Yeah, you know what I mean. Oh yes, I knew nothing about this movie. Uh, even the cover didn't look familiar, which no. normally, like when we did Death Becomes Her, I was like, oh yeah, I walked by that VHS all the time. As a kid. Like, no, yeah. nothing about this seemed familiar and I don't know how that happened. Um, so I would like to see this movie get more play and distribution because especially for 95, I think with a lot of the societal topics they talk about, they just got more and more relevant. Yes. Right? Um, and the way that the family approaches them, you're like, man, these conversations are still happening this way. Yes. How messed up is that? So uh, I think it's a movie that uh, was built in such a way that has, whether it was intentional or not, 
tremendous staying power culturally. Yep. Uh, and, you know, the, it, like we mentioned, it ends kind of with every life uh, being, uh, you know, kind of realized the best moments of their life coming through. And so I do think it has a very cathartic feel as when you get together with family, you remember the good times and you remember the bad times and you make new memories. And this captures that entire experience, which is amazing for an hour and 45 minute, two dimensional uh, slice of life piece of film to be able to do that, especially at such an ensemble level. Yes. Uh, so they do a lot. It feels crazy. It feels disjointed. It feels chaotic. All the things you would describe a holiday family event as well. <laughs> yeah. So they nailed it. They absolutely nailed it. And ultimately, I think it makes you appreciate family, it, appreciate life in those moments, and that it's not about escaping it. It's about finding that place where you do belong. Um, yeah. the, and the characters that suffer the most are the ones that push against it, that detach, that yep. can only find one hour of pleasure in the day. Um, but it's the ones that lean in and then say, this is my family and I can't change it. They're the ones that ultimately find acceptance and peace or some version of peace, yep. at least. And I, I think we said at the beginning that it's a, it's a very funny movie. It's built to be a comedy, but it's also deeply sad and... Uh, very insightful at times. And I, I don't want to poach any of Geraldine Chaplin's performance in that dinner scene, but like that is the movie to me. And she makes a comment that I think is just like one of the saddest lines I've ever heard on film. That was, you made all my dreams come true for her. And it's like, <sighs> <laughs> what? Like I was not expecting that from the Turkey hijinks <laughs> film. So this movie is deceptively deep. Uh find it somehow. It's really not streaming anywhere. Like we had to dig deep to try to get this. You can rent it for sure on, yeah. on uh on iTunes and through Apple, but it is um it is just not it does not have the distribution that I think it should have. And it starts with us listeners, right? That's right. We're trying to you know, just if you believe in a film, spread the word. But I, I highly recommend uh, checking out Home for the Holidays if you have not seen it before. And if you saw it when it first came out and it's been all this time since then, then I highly recommend going back and rewatching it because I guarantee you it plays different now than it did a couple decades ago. Absolutely. Grayson, if, if you were to tell me that um... – someone was able to capture the pure essence of a dysfunctional family gathering, I would probably tell you, take that junk to Mordor and just burn it. Uh, I don't want, <laughs> no one should capture that. Why would you want that anywhere? But this movie does it in such a way that I don't want to take it to Mordor. I just want to, I just want to watch it. Uh, the movie has so much heart and charm, but honestly, uh, kind of in the same way that you uh, people gravitate to Spider-Man as a relatable character because he struggles um, with the same kind of things that we struggle with. Um, I think that this movie does the same thing because not only uh, do you see Holly Hunter's character as Claudia as like yourself, um, but also 
um she is a, she just feels like a real character and a believable character uh and someone who doesn't have all the right answers uh and she's not um someone who even just tells everyone her mind or anything like she just feels like a regular believable real human being uh and so i think the charm of this movie is everyone's humanity uh even though people are playing these characters they aren't playing caricatures of yeah. these types of people like they feel so grounded and so real and i i'm like i know these humans exist i've interacted with these humans uh and so uh, it, i would recommend the movie because it does a lot of the things that you were mentioning it reminds you uh some of the challenges of gathering with family is just accepting that this is your family and like that's kind of the thing that i think um uh, Holly Hunter's character Claudia does is she's like well this is this is I as much as I wish this were different this is my family um, and uh, and I'm gonna visit them again at Christmas that's one of the wonderful things I think is like yeah we'll do we'll do the same thing at Christmas and they're like yeah we are gonna do this madness at Christmas and that's it, it's uh it's great and, and the tagline again that's on the poster of the movie is on the fourth Thursday of in November, eighty-four million American families will gather together and wonder why. Uh, I think that that is why I recommend this movie. It's for how well they are able to translate the absolute bizarre gathering uh, over the holidays that family is. Both it's good and it's bad, but it honestly leaves you feeling. Um, kind of good, even though it's not all really good. Uh, and also, yeah. as a movie, it's not even just like a movie that's like explicitly this is about family. Like Fast and Furious is more promotional <laughs> towards family than this movie, but you still kind of get this uh uh this really nice feeling at the end of it. So that's why I'd recommend yeah. Home for the Holidays. Yeah, and Ricky, we would be remiss yeah remiss in our duties as a retro movie podcast if we not just utter the name steve gutenberg steve gutenberg we said it we've addressed it the Oof. man speaks for himself the yeah. performance always hits no notes no notes all right we could not end <laughs> the episode without saying steve gutenberg no no i would have short circuited if I, if I didn't mention Steve Gutenberg. So thank you for that. And that is our review of the 1995 four, five. And that is our review of the 1995 movie Home for the Holidays. Let us know what you remember about Home for the Holidays on our social media, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We are at Flashback Flicks. And it would mean so much to us if you could just head on over to our digital home, which is your podcasting platform of choice, and give us a rating on a scale of one to five stars or on a scale of one to five um jackets like just winter mm. jackets um Stay warm that you know i mean five you know you gotta take those jackets off you're gonna you're gonna sweat uh but you have them because you're prepared for anyone who doesn't have their own jacket which mm. you know it's yeah. always good to be prepared that's so true <laughs> and be sure to tune in next time right here on the flashback flicks retro movie podcast until then remember to be kind and rewind
next time on the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. With Christmas on the horizon, just right over yonder, I want to give you a gift, Grayson. Oh, I got you nothing. Oh, that's okay. I mean, I know I still have like a month, but I got you nothing. Okay, Grayson, it's okay. Mm-hmm. All we got to do is we just got to feed this movie after midnight and get it wet and then there'll be enough for all of us that's right we are reviewing the 1984 movie gremlins oh steven spielberg that's so-and-so he's just presenting those gremlins oh yeah Mm, a lot of rules a lot of rules a lot of rules gonna check him twice (laughs)